I'm Brian No, he's Jimmy Cook here on the fan. Wanna welcome in Joel Erickson, Colts beat reporter for the Indy Star. You know, Joel, a couple of random things first. I always think of there was this pool hall in South Bend, Indiana that always played Devil Goes Down to Georgia. And put me right back there. I couldn't get it out of my head, Joel. Are you a pool shark or at least a pool player yourself? Uh, there, one of my buddies when I was uh, when I was in high school had a pool table in his basement, and we spent lots and lots of nights playing pool in his basement. But I don't. I'm not very. I'm not good. You have to. I'm better if I'm better if I have like two beers in me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the standard bowling thing. I hear a lot of people say that. Or darts. People Golf say that about way. darts. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the other thing before we dive headfirst into the Colts here, Joel. Um, you know, Mike Chappell, will be joined by him next hour. And he's known as the Dean. And I'm like, our guy Joel needs a nickname over here. If you don't have one... Could I suggest the Joker? What, what do you think about that as you're throwing out oh. your reports? What do you think about that? I, I don't uh, – uh, you have to give me the reasoning behind it. I, I need the reasoning That was my reaction okay. as well. All right, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you asked that. So I'm thinking you're a little bit of a wild card in terms of you don't know what the report is going to be. You don't know what the angle is going to be. He keeps you guessing. He's interesting. It's a mixed bag. The Joker. Not that he tells jokes and stuff, but kind of like Nikola Jokic, right? The reigning – well, he was the two-time MVP. Uh, the reigning uh, you know, finals MVP. We don't think of him as he's telling jokes. We think of him as he's he's so skilled in so many different areas. What skill is he going to throw at you now? That's what I'm thinking for you, Joel. Uh, we might need to keep workshopping it. We might need to keep workshopping it. <laughs> okay. Cap might, like it. Cap might like it if he just called me the apprentice, if he's the D. <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. I'll go back to the drawing board. There's nothing wrong with that. But how about, Joel, your reaction to Anthony Richardson being named QB1? What do you think? Well, you know, it's funny. I, I, I was standing there during the practice, charting charting practice, and I, I had actually popped into my head that the next story I might need to write was going to be, it's time to name Anthony Richardson the starting quarterback. <laughs> um, and then and then we walked over like 10 minutes later, and Shane Sykes was like, no, oh, I've already done that. You don't, you, you know, like, you don't need to write that. Um, but it, it felt like this is where they were headed. Uh, they should have, like, to me – the only reason you don't start a rookie is there's a couple of reasons you don't start a rookie. One is he's just not ready at all. He doesn't know the playbook well enough. He doesn't have the right work habits, that kind of thing. We haven't heard any of that stuff on Richardson at all. And even, even what we've seen on the practice field doesn't – like his mistakes don't indicate somebody who doesn't know where the ball is supposed to go. They're more like, you know, accuracy of the ball didn't go where he – that kind of thing. Um, and then the other one is if you have a quarterback that's so good – that you don't want to take him off the field. This would be the the Brett Favre, or to, to some degree, I mean, I think people don't maybe, maybe remember how good Alex Smith was with the Chiefs, but he was really good for a while there with a playoff team. You know, that's that's the thing is if if you have that guy, neither of those situations really applied here. This is this is a Gardner Minshew who was signed for three and a half million in the off season. Um, he he's a backup. He's probably not. The high, the highest end of the backups in the NFL. Um, what we've seen out here is is he's, he's more of, he can be accurate, but it's a lot of short throws. He doesn't push the ball down the field much. He doesn't make a lot of plays on the move. Like that, he's not giving you like a huge 
big upside on that side of it. And Richardson, for the most, like, has answered everything else they wanted to do. He he's come in, he's known the playbook. He's he's got the poise. I, I think even on the practice field, you can see that he's already built a rapport with his teammates. Even a couple weeks ago, I noticed that even when Minshew had first team reps on a given day. Richardson would open practice periods by dapping up everybody on the first team offense. Like he's earned the respect of those guys. And, and I think the other thing is if your team and franchise is okay with knowing that maybe, maybe you're, if there's going to be some issues and there's hiccups and, and you're, you're okay with that because of what you're trying to build, then you can start your rookie. And that's, that's where these cults are. Joel, why today? Because I'm not mad at the decision. Like I, I want. I, 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 I don't want to misrepresent Brian. I know Brian's the other side of that coin. But this is what I wanted them to do: was name him the starter, and then let's ride, let's go from here, and let's see how things play out, and let him develop and get the reps. But the timing is weird. I figured it would be after a exclamation point like performance from him in either joint practices or in a preseason game. For me, it was mixed to positive from Saturday. The fact that they're doing it couple days removed from that just the timing surprised me why today naming him week one and 2023 entirety starter because you're not wasting any first team reps now in the joint practices uh against the bears and the eagles which which i think you know you always ask coaches about you know what how do you judge these how do you look at them and no one ever wants to just say it outright but i really think that the joint practices are what coaches care most about doing this time of year, even more so than the preseason game, because you can try stuff out. Um, you can do things that, that you can do things schematically you wouldn't do in a preseason game. You can set up situations with the other coach and say, hey, throw this at us so that we can do this. Like this, that Coaches really value these joint practices. And by doing this, you're giving him reps. You're not wasting reps with the first team that you don't want to give him in the regular season. This is a, this is a, okay, if we're going to start him, we're going to do everything we have to, to have him as ready as possible. Might as well just do it now. So you can start giving it to him. What do you think Joker? I'm just, just trying to see if it, what do you think Gardner Minshew has meant thus far to Anthony Richardson's development? Because as far as we can tell, he's been nothing but professional about this whole thing. Yeah, I, I think it definitely helps. I think it definitely helps to have somebody who, who's in the in here that knows the offense. I think that's big for the whole team, having somebody who knew the offense in the off season and in the spring to to help. But it helps it helps Richardson learn. Richardson's by by all accounts been a sponge since he got here in terms of picking, trying to ask questions and pick stuff up. And at least he's got a, a quarterback in the room who knows the answers. That's not always the truth when you have a. A, uh, a new offense being installed. I think that's, that's been a big part of it. And then I think just the fact that it was a familiar face in the room with him. He, he'd been training with Gardner Minshew before, um, but they, they shared the same offseason quarterback coach. And so it was somebody that he already knew. You know, it, that, that probably helps and just from a familiarity standpoint. Although I will say, I, I think Richardson seems pretty self-confident and pretty at ease with himself, but I do think it helps. Joel Erickson with us, covers the Colts for the Indy Star. Lost in all of this was another consecutive day of, of no Jonathan Taylor out there at Grand Park. I, I know that you know it had been reported by Ian Rappaport that, and from Shane Steichen that he was going to be out there and be back out at Grand Park at some point this week, but would potentially remain on the pup. At least that was Rappaport's report. Any opportunity to dig into that today as to why, yet again, no Jonathan Taylor? Well, he's at Grand Park, 
Um, he was not on the practice field. Steichen, Steichen gave us his stock answer for that, which is that it, he was he's doing part of his re- rehabilitation process. That's that's all we got. They they kind of uh, superseded all of those questions though when they when they named Richardson the starter. We're talking to Joel Erickson, Colts beat writer for the Indy Star, joining us here on the Fan. Um, what do you think? You know, there's been a trade request. There's an ankle injury he's rehabbing. What do you think the chances are JT is out there with Anthony Richardson in Week One? No, no idea. I, we're getting to the point now where it feels like if you're in Taylor's camp and you're, there's no trade happening, that you have to get on the field so that you don't, you know, lose a year of your contract and toll and all that stuff. But I, we we have it. It's been in such a holding pattern for so long. Um, without any comment from Taylor or really anything changing since since the night that the trade request was first out there. Um, I guess the only thing that maybe changes is that a couple of running backs were signed. Zeke Elliott and uh, Dalvin Cook got signed in New England and, and with the Jets to uh, you know kind of thin out the running back market a little bit more. But it didn't really feel like there was a ton of momentum for a trade there anyway. So I, I don't know. I, we were, it's hard to know what the next step in this is. And this is in terms of what's the thing that makes Jonathan Taylor, you know, come back on the field? What's the thing that spurs the Colts to trade him? Like, however it's going to end up, uh, it's hard to see exactly what the inciting incident will be because it felt like it felt like that was happening weeks ago. Joel, were you surprised by Anthony Richardson's at least initial surprise with his first comments when he said he was shocked that, that they had made this decision? I know it, it, there's more to his answer than that. He also went on that he's looking forward to it, that he was you know brought up amongst Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck when they got their starts right out of the gate like he's going to get, and he said he still has to earn that. He, he, he knows he still has a ton of work to do, but were you surprised by his initial reactions today? No, because I, I think I think the way coaches handle stuff is they don't like – it's not like they tell them a decision is coming at a certain point, you know. It, it's not like they so, – so it's not like they're saying, like, okay, by this point um, we're going to make our decision, so you should be expecting it then. It's more of a for, – for a player like Richardson, it's more like, okay, the preseason game happened and then they came back uh, on Sunday and, and yesterday they had stuff and um, they went through film and you're just doing your day-to-day – and since there's not been a deadline put on it, and there's two two more preseason games to go, I don't think you're necessarily expecting them to do it then. So I think that's the. I th- when, when I was listening to him answer why he was shocked, I think it had more to do with just as much as he wanted to be the starter, his mind wasn't on the coaching staff making that decision right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of surprised him that it came when it did. Joel Jim Irsay he used two emojis in response to Anthony Richardson being named the starter. He went thumbs up, and then he went with the football. What two emojis would you use to sort of uh, describe your reaction to him being named QB1? Oh, I'm not a bit I, – I don't use a ton of emojis. <laughs> My emoji game is like six of them. Um, what are the six? Do you know offhand? <laughs> Got to have a heart emoji there, right? You got to have the standard standard stock heart emoji, don't you? Well, yeah. I mean, for like for you know, wife and kids, there's like yeah. the heart emojis, and then there's like the the big eyes one that everybody uses. Uh huh. Yeah. One. Fist bump sometimes. Forehead slap. <laughs> uh, Maybe a thumbs up every once in a while. Yeah, I don't. I don't use them a ton. Um, yeah. 
I, I guess I guess like I'm trying to think if the right uh, the right meme is there is there a good meme that would go with this? Oh, it'd man. be like yeah. Maybe it'd be like maybe it'd be like uh, the uh, the Robert Redford and Jeremiah Johnson one where he just kind of like nods, kind of grinning. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, honestly, like from from a, from a covering the Colts perspective. You want to see Richardson out there because Richardson's the future of the franchise. Like this is the guy that they drafted. Like he, that's he's the story. Even with all the Jonathan Taylor stuff going on, he's the most important thing going on with this team. So, just from a coverage standpoint, whether like whether regardless of what's going to happen with it, like you wanted Richardson out there because that's that's what means something going forward. Well, hey, Joe, it's great to catch up with you, man. It was a lot of fun and very informative. And by the way, how about the Brew Crew? Huh? First place? Oh, I'm very nervous. I'm very nervous. <laughs> I'm the Dodgers and Rangers this week. The Cubs don't play. The Cubs play the dregs of the AL Central. I'm, I, they're up three and a half games, and I'm terrified. And I'm, I'm, I noticed you didn't even mention the Reds there. What is that? <laughs> what? Come on. No threat? The Reds, the Reds, the Reds should have done more at the deadline. I think oh, we I all agree. Know. Yeah. Yeah, Luke Weaver should not be starting games for you anymore. Oof, I know he's the he's the uh, I hate to say this because I'm a Cardinals guy. He's the Wayno of Ohio. Is uh, Luke Weaver this year rough? <laughs> he had a run there. He had a run there where he was giving up like a gazillion runs, and the Reds would always score. And so he was like not. They were like nine and one in his starts. But let's we all knew that was unsustainable. I I don't know why they didn't get some pitching. Yeah. Well, hey man, we'll see if your uh, your Brewers can hold on there, Joel. Well, they're in a good I'm spot, terrified. so hopefully I didn't jinx it. I'm already watching the wild card. I'm already watching the wild card standing too, just in case somebody catches them. <laughs> I don't blame you, man. Well, we'll catch you soon, Joel. Hope you have a good day, man. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, Joel. There he is, Joel Erickson, Cold Speed reporter for the Indy Star. That was great. I'm Brian. No, he's Jimmy Cook here on the Fan. Please welcome in Mike Chapel, Colts reporter for CBS Four. Fox 59 joining us here on the fan. Uh, Mike, good afternoon, man. I got to ask you, working for two different networks, it hasn't worked out great for me. I want to know what your approach was. Do you just say, I'm Mike Chappell, so this is happening? How do you approach that exactly? You mean with what, uh, two stations or what? Yeah, 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 with CBS and Fox. I just put them both together and... uh... We've got two different websites, so one, you know, the story goes with both of them. So I'm just kind of like, you know, I, I, I'm for whoever is is promo promoing it at the time. So as long as the check's clear, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I love that it's worked out for you, man. That's great. Now, how about uh, Anthony Richardson named QB one? You were right there, and uh, he said he was shocked by the decision. Were you shocked that he's shocked? No, I mean. Like he even mentioned, it was all about the timeline when a lot of us expected this to be the decision. And I guess you could be surprised that it happened today. But what we've always talked about is we would know how they look at this by who takes the first team reps. The first couple of weeks, it was it was divided. And recently, it's been Richardson, and he, he took him today. He's going to take him. He would have taken him against the Bears. So just name it and get it out of the way. And and then you can officially, I guess, build the offense around what he does, which is totally different from what Ben Chu does. It, it, it's just that one 
bit of news we don't have to worry about. The fact that he was shocked, uh, he said it was just hearing the news, just hearing the words. You know, it's one thing that he said, I've been working towards this, and I think in the back of his mind he was hoping for it. But then when you get the news that, hey, you're the guy, as he called it, QB1, uh, it's got to be something of a shot to you. But I think deep down he knew, and Gardner mentioned it too. He said he was hurt and disappointed, but he also said that Richardson is a future. He understands that. He understood that when he signed here. It was going to be somebody. So it's just, I guess the timing was strange, but I think we all anticipated this being the final result at some point. Chapin, both those media scrums with Anthony Richardson and with Shane Steichen, I know you mentioned in your story that it was a face-to-face conversation last night, lasted about two hours. Uh, what all, if anything else that isn't the top quote, which is he was shocked and Shane Steichen's reasoning for doing it, what all was outlined over the course of that nearly two-hour meeting they had last night? Well, I think you, they, they don't go really in depth. Shane Steichen doesn't go hardly any in depth. Sure. But what, what Richardson said is he said, we talked about three minutes about the starting job, but this he said the rest of the time was about, you know, the chemistry and life and, and sort of non-football things, maybe just what, you know, what, what he should expect and moving forward. So, you know, it wasn't all that much about, hey, you're the guy and this is what we're going to do and this and the other. It was more just about just shooting the bull, which they've got a lot of, you know, all these guys. You know, Richardson's still new to everybody, so they're trying to learn about him, learn, you know, what, what makes him tick, what are his, his likes and dislikes, and that's between players and it's also between coaches and players. So would love to have been in the room just to hear him BS, but I get the impression it was much more just about relationships and building chemistry than it was about, okay, you're the guy. Mike Chappell joining us here on The Fan is this solely Steichen's decision to name him QB1? Oh, I'm sure they talk, but it needs to be. It needed to be. You, you, you brought him in here with the idea that he was going to be working with somebody, whether it was Richardson or another young quarterback. And I'm guessing that with all the input they had prior to the draft, I would like to think that Steichen had the heaviest input because it's going to be his guy. I mean, the franchise is tied to whatever the quarterback is, but but you brought Steichen in to work with that guy. So I'm sure that the owner, general manager, and and the coordinator all sat down or or at some level talked. But this has got to be the head coach's call. It has to be. And, And he knows more than anyone if Richardson is is as ready as possible. He's not ready. There's no way he's ready. But not like ready or not, but he's got to be at some level prepared enough to to protect himself, know the schemes, know the blocking schemes, know the playbook. Obviously, the timing's going to come to be a work in progress. He had a couple. You know, he's, he threw high to Pittman once in Buffalo, and he threw behind Grantham once. So get used to it, folks. This is sort of who he is, at least early. So, uh, but but I back to your question. This has this has to be driven by the head coach. If not, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You're setting them both up to fail, and, and I think they've learned over the past year or so. You can't undermine 
the, the, the coach and let, let this guy do what he was brought in to do, or if, he, if you don't, why did you bring him in here? Both of them, I, I would say. Chap, we discussed this earlier in regards to how aggressive the play calling is going to be or how they're going to ease him along, not just this week, but week one and onward throughout the 2023 campaign. Do you expect there to be kid gloves from a play calling standpoint, or is this going to be let him be him and let's learn from both the good and the bad that comes with that? I, I think both. I want I talked the last time I talked not the last time but when I talked to Jim Ursa, he said, Well, he said, you know, they're gonna they're gonna have a plan. They're gonna have a uh a, a year one slash year two offense for, for him to where he'll be able to do what he does, but it's not gonna be the whole plate. It's just it can't be. He he's you know, people need to keep in mind Peyton Manning won thirty nine games at Tennessee. This kid started thirteen. So it, it, it's apples and oranges on what they've done. So you, you, it would be ridiculous and counterproductive to say, here's the playbook, we're using every page. They're going to tailor this back somewhat, uh, but at the same time, they're going to they're gonna put, put his talents on display. That's, that's what he is. That's who he is. So I, I think it's going to be somewhat scaled back, but it's still going to – you're going to see the arm. You're going to see those – I mean, very few quarterbacks make that throw that he made to Pierce at the right pylon. That, that was a beautiful throw. Of course, you got to catch the doggone thing. But I, I just think in the RPO, he ran to the left where Favreau Brown was called for holding. That's what he does. So it, training wheels, whatever the term you want to use, it'll be a scale back offense in my mind, but it's still going to showcase what this guy does because other than that, you're, you're not letting him be him. Yeah, Chap, I had a flashback to the Packers at the Bills last year, and Green Bay was down big. They were down by about 17 points, and they were still pretty conservative. They were just running, running, running mostly, and not just saying, Rodgers, bring us back. Do you think the first couple of games might look like that if the Colts are down? It's fairly conservative as they try to get Richardson up to speed here at the early part of his career. Yeah, good question. I don't know. It, it's you st- We still don't know what the team is going to be around him. And by that, I mean the running back. Uh, that th- that simply has to be resolved. I mean, it just does. Uh, and to, to, to throw the quarterback out there without surrounding him with as good of people as you can, keep in mind, Peyton goes 3-13. He had Marvin and Pollard and, and Marshall Falk, and he had he had a good offensive line, and things were in place for, for him to succeed. And he still threw, what was it, twenty eight interceptions, mm-hmm. still yeah. a rookie record. So uh, I, 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 I to say how they're going to approach it if they get in that situation, I don't know. They're not just going to have him hand off and throw fifteen passes a game. They're going to run their offense. I think Steichen is going to be aggressive. You're just going to have to not put the court rookie quarterback in too many bad situations because there's going to be there's going to be some bad. I mean, I remember Peyton going to uh, New England early in the season and throwing three interceptions and looking awful, awful doing it. So uh, you just have to kind of strap it up and know there's going to be good, probably more bad than good, just because because the team isn't where it needs to be and the quarterbacks, again, played 
14 games counting Buffalo. But this is the course they've decided to go. And, you know, it's funny. I think everyone's really curious, anxious, and maybe willing right now to go through a four or five win season as long as you see the quarterback making progress. I want to see if that's still the case when, you know, November, they haven't won much and everybody's struggling. And, and is the patience is still there or not? Because it's, I don't think this would have been a, a playoff team in the best situation because there, there are some deficiencies. But it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a work in progress all year long just because the, the inexperience of the quarterback. Every week he's going to see something different. How does he respond to it? Uh, but if nothing else, it, it gives – I've said this from the start when they drafted him. What this does is it gives everyone, the fan base and, and, and everyone, hope and a direction for the future. And that's what they haven't had for the last – well, since a certain quarterback retired with, oh, by the way, the Bears in town for the next of the last preseason game. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. The Dean Mike Chapel of Fox 59 and CBS 4 with us here on the Fan Midday Show Chap, in case anybody needed a reminder that was a Colts fan, I don't think that the front office, that Bauer, that anybody at Steichen needed a reminder on this, but in case they needed a reminder for the type of player they were getting in a veteran quarterback like Gardner Minshew, how big was today in that reminding aspect of how he's handled all this and knowing that he is going to be a valuable resource in that quarterback room for Anthony Richardson this season? He will be. Now, again, I... This is one that if you'd gotten Gardner off to the side and say, hey, between you and me, because he told us, he said, hey, I was disappointed. You know, initially you're hurt because he's worked, he's worked to be the number one guy here. He has. Well, at the same time, he knew when he signed here with that one-year deal that there was going to be some young quarterback here that was probably going to play. So I, I think it's really a, uh, it's, I think it's a rare quarterback backup guy who, who understands, I'm not saying accepts his role, but understands his role and still works to help the young kid who just took his job. Uh, I think it's a bad thing if, you, if, if a guy ever accepts being a backup quarterback. And th- then you have issues. You really do. But I think he will be a good re- He has been a good resource. He will be a good resource. And and when if things go go really wrong and or or the, the starter gets hurt he'll come in and play decent football I, the problem the issue not the problem but the issue with Minshew is you 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 know where his seat you got a pretty good idea what his ceiling is and it's it's at a certain level you know Rick Venturi calls him a singles hitter which is you know that's what he is but the, the NFL is a double triple in the home run league and that's what the the young kid brings. But I, I would I think this is a great situation, not for Minshew, but for the rookie quarterback and the fact that you know Minshew was in this offense for a couple of years. So it, it, it was really I'd love to really get Minshew and say, okay, what you get a couple of beers at him? Okay, what do you really what's on your mind? <laughs> well, he knows he he understands. Uh, it, it's a good it's a good. Uh, alignment now with him and, and it could be a lot worse it could be worse if he if he didn't have that kind of approach 
So I, I give him props for, for, you know, responding the way he did. But he wants to be a starter. That's what most quarterbacks want to do. Chap, I'm just curious what you think about this. If Anthony Richardson remains healthy, what do you think the chances are he doesn't remain QB1 the entire season? He would have to really, really look lost, I think, or just be getting beat up, mm-hmm. which I don't think that I don't think the latter will be the case. He would have to, to really look like they, they've gotten the best of him, that they've cracked his confidence, and, and that's what you have to be careful about because you you can run quarterbacks. I heard what he, what you said earlier about if a guy doesn't make it for whatever reason, he probably wasn't going to make it. Mm-hmm. That's probably true. David Carr, I don't know. He, he had little chance in Houston back in the day because they just beat the heck out of him. But I think it would take a certain level of total confusion in bad play by the quarterback for that to happen. Uh, you know, hey, hey, sit a couple of games and kind of look at it from a different angle. I'm not saying it can't happen or won't happen. I think he would have to really look lost and befuddled and lose his confidence and then because then you then you couldn't let it spiral i don't think that happens but it's certainly a possibility yeah no doubt well hey chap always appreciate your time man uh good catching up with you and uh have a good rest of the day thanks guys appreciate chap thank you there he is mike chapel colts reporter for cbs4 fox 59